Welcome to your new day. This is Early Breakfast with Africa Milani. 12 minutes it is past 5 o'clock this uh, Thursday morning. The Deputy President of the Republic of South Africa is the Deputy to the Head of State and the Head of Government of the Republic and is a member of the National Assembly and Cabinet. The Deputy President performs duties that uh, the President, uh, I suppose, um, allocates to him and he's generally or she is generally there to support the work of the President. Dr. Nsigelelo Breakfast is a political analyst and senior political studies lecturer at the Nelson Mandela University. Molando, then, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for um, having me. I'm Africa. Um, I mean, constitutionally, the role and function of the deputy president in government, that is, um, is very sparsely defined. And I imagine it's been up to the man or the woman occupying Mm -hmm. that office to then determine what their function and job is going to be at the pleasure of the president, of course. Yes, um, of course. I think, um, Africa, you've uh, hit the nail on the head when you're setting the scene. Uh, in the beginning that the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa, Act 108 of 1996, does point out that, I think it's Chapter 5, the the president as the head of state and the head of government is the one that assigns the functions and the responsibilities of the the deputy president. So he's uh, second in the uh, command. And that person also, as you indicated um, earlier on, supports the function of the president. So normally, um, in practice, you know, the president will maybe, for argument's sake, assigns, you know, uh, functions like uh, leading the campaigns, you know, HIV and AIDS or blah, 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 you know, those sorts of things. But now what we have seen at a political level of late is that sometimes uh, presidents, they don't want someone who's going to pose a threat to them. So they wouldn't want to assign things that will make the person to be under the spotlight too much, you know, so we'll assign things that are not of paramount um, importance to the person. I mean, for instance, I mean, do you remember something that is mind-blowing that was done by the outgoing deputy president? I mean, there's nothing that comes to mind in my view. In fact, uh, that has been some of the uh, reflection or review of his tenure as Deputy President to Sir Ramaphosa, where he's hardly made a dent. There's no impression whatsoever that he's left to South Africans. Of course. But then, if you juxtapose that, and then you go back, you know, uh, memory lane, you think about the way uh Tabum Beke functioned when he was a deputy president. It was a different ball game altogether. It was a different kettle of fish because there was a succession plan that at some point he would take over. So in that case he was like a um, a, um a, a prime minister, you know, as opposed to the ones that we've had um of late. Um and then, of course, that changed when he became president because he then acquired many of the powers, if you like, that he had assigned to his office, to then the office of the presidency. And Jacob Zuma, in the main, was responsible for um, the function of leader of government business in parliament when he was deputy president. He obviously headed up the South African National AIDS Council, which is an essential role for the deputy president. And I'm not sure whether he had a minister in the presidency for evaluation and monitoring, but generally the deputy president seems to oversee that as well. Yes, I, I think you're on point, Africa. You must remember, in the beginning, uh, 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 the then deputy president, Tabumbegi, he was like a, 
like the prime minister, as I indicated. So he was responsible for a lot of things, things like the implementation of the RTP. Uh, you know, he's the one who pioneered a gear. Uh, you know, he was he was really having a lot of powers. But then when he ascended to the helm of power, then he took away those powers from that office and then allocated legal powers so that uh, the deputy president does not overshadow him. You see, so that was a strategic move, so it doesn't get um, uh, outmaneuvered. Uh, so the the role of the deputy president since then, it, it has not been that uh, important, uh, even during the time of uh, Ramaphosa, even though he played a major role because he was also involved in ESCOM um, and so on, but the president, uh, Jacob Zuma, was always um, uh, on the spotlight. Absolutely. I mean, many would argue that he was given ESCOM and some of the uh, estate-owned enterprises that were in trouble so that Mm -hmm. he could be kept occupied and out of uh, the limelight. The fact that we don't currently have a deputy president is not an illegal act, right? Uh, There is no requirement for a deputy president to have been uh, in place all the time because should the president need to leave the country or not be able to carry Mm -hmm. out the functions of the presidency, he is very much at will to appoint another cabinet minister to act in the role of president. No, I think you're on point. The Africa, the the, the, the the constitution does make a provision for the president to appoint anyone so long as the person is a member of the executive institution, namely uh, the cabinet. So it's not only the deputy president that must stand in for him when he's out of uh, um, uh, the country. Now, to the big question, who should be announced as David Mabuza's replacement? Um, some would argue that Paul Mashatile, having been elected as deputy president of the ANC, should be the person who obviously occupies that office. He's been sworn in as member of parliament and certainly allows or permits the president to appoint him to cabinet and therefore as deputy president of the country. But there's also speculation that the president is taking so long in announcing mm-hmm. his reshuffled cabinet because mm-hmm. there are those within his faction who do not want to see Paul Mashatile as deputy president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Africa, I'm not taken aback by the turn of events uh, in terms of uh, the outgoing um, deputy president uh, jumping ship. I saw that coming. I think the writing was on the wall because he was not elected at the previous conference of um, the ANC. Uh, and, 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 and I think that he wanted to be circumspect and not have a situation whereby he gets a uh, um, embarrassed. Uh, hence, he made a way for uh, the um, incumbent. But at the same time, as you pointed out, Eleon, he did not want to be used, you know, by the current uh, president or by the domain section, because now they see Paul Mashatile as someone who's posing a threat to uh, Ramaphosa. For argument's sake, if the Constitutional Court rules on the substantive issues of Palapala and uh, or, or whichever court, it might have serious um, implications for him. Uh, some people might demand that he uh, steps down, especially if that that is uh, taking place um, at the level of uh, the constitutional court. So this guy, Paul Mashatile, is seen as someone who, you know, uh, very opportunistic, who might want to outmaneuver the president. No wonder some people wanted David Mabuza to stick around a bit longer, but he was having none of it. 
Of course, we know that the Constitutional Court has denied uh, the President's um, petition to access the court directly on this matter, which means it will have to go through the normal course mm. of um, uh, the criminal justice system, right? So High Court in the Western Cape, if there's to be an appeal to the Supreme Court of Appeals in Bloemfontein, and if that is to be appealed, then only to the Constitutional Court. And one has to ask the question, Zegelelo, given the outcome of the vote in the National Assembly on the adoption of the Palapala Report, um, which meant that there is no adoption of that Palapala Report, does the President still pursue this or does he just stop and wait then for the law enforcement agencies and the Reserve Bank and so forth to conclude the investigations and then publish whatever reports they're going to be publishing? Yeah, I think the President, I mean, as you know, he won the political battle, but not the legal battle. The legal battle is still uh, underway, it's still uh, looming large. So, I mean, he, yesterday there was a ruling that uh, dismisses the uh, application, but it deals, in my opinion, with the procedural issues as opposed to the substantive issues. Uh, so there's still room for him to uh, maneuver. So I'm not sure if we can conclude that he's been dealt with um, a blow. I think it's still um, early days. But I think maybe because he, were, he wanted direct um, access, uh, so I think the ruling was that he, he, the constitutional court does not deal with those issues. So he, he might take the matter to the lowest of the law or to a lower court, uh, and then and then starts there, and then uh, take it up um, to the highest court um, again. Indeed. Tsigalalo, thank you very much indeed for your time and your insights as always. Dr. Tsigalalo Breakfast, political analyst and senior political studies lecturer at the Nelson Mandela University. Somebody on the WhatsApp line saying, David Mabuza's achievement, bilateral relations with Russian medical authorities. We know that he's had to take a number of trips to Russia, unfortunately, to go and attend to health matters. We still don't know the detail of those health matters and we certainly don't know why our excellent health system and I mean excellent in inverted commas, I suppose, was not able to deal or address the issues of the deputy president. Who do you think should be announced as Didi Mabuza's replacement? Give me a call on 021-446-0567-011-8830702. Who would you like to see announced as the new deputy president when the president finally announces his cabinet reshuffle. Give me a call or otherwise send me a WhatsApp message to 072-567-1567, 072-702-1702.